Hello, beautiful basketball fans, and welcome to this week's episode of We Have a Take, the What Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at We Have a Take. I'm Cassidy, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, our newest WNBA obsessive, it's Tara. How are you doing today, Tara? Hi, Cassidy. It's true. This is finally the season that the WNBA stuck with me, so I'm very excited about our icebreaker. Oh, I am beyond excited about our icebreaker, knowing that as a fact. So we'll kick it off with our icebreaker today, and we're going to say, who were you cheering for during the WNBA finals? So I... Or the playoffs in general, I guess. Well, lucky me, I chose a winner this year. (laughs) I am going to just ride like knowing that I chose the team that won the whole thing because I don't know when it's going to happen again. (laughs) So I'm just going to enjoy it. But at the beginning of the season, I decided uh, to cheer for the sky because I really like Candace Parker. And I thought it was cool that she was going home. And I was like, um, during... Like about halfway through the season is when I became really, really into it, where I was like checking my phone regularly to find out when this guy was playing and trying to figure out if I could watch them and like actually tracking down the games. And then in the 3x3 tournament, it was so cool to watch uh, Stephanie Dolson, Bolson. I can't remember. Anyway, I still don't know the names of half the people, though. God knows I've tried. Like, I've tried so hard to memorize the names of, but I still don't know half of their names. But anyway, so I was lucky enough to choose a winner and cheer for the sky. Who did you cheer for? Well, I actually also was cheering for the sky. Um, I had been, you know, after they took away the Portland Fire, you know, bring them back. Please, 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 please. Um, I was kind of a free agent for a little bit. And then uh, I started cheering for whatever team Elena Beard played for. And that was kind of my thing. And then when she retired, I decided I would, I kind of didn't know. I was like, oh, I'll be a free agent. We talked about it here. We were trying to figure out which teams we were going to go with. And I was like, you know, I'm already really attached to Candace Parker from being a Sparks fan with Elena Beard there. So I might as well just follow Candace to the sky where I can really support her because it's hard to cheer with anyone in Laker colors for me um, or Sparks colors. So it's like that yellow and purple cannot be my thing. And so when Candace finally switched teams, I was like to a light blue. Yes, I'm here for it. So I'm so excited. And to have her win it at home was incredible. Her daughter being there, her family sitting courtside. I mean, it was just perfection. It was that whole celebration uh, for the finals was just like pure joy. And it was it was just so fun to watch. But I enjoyed the whole playoffs and I would like it if they could expand the playoffs and make the playoffs longer and not have so many like one and dones. That having been said, oh my gosh, they were so exciting. And for the Sky to be a team that was what, 16 and 16, they were at like 500 and they ended up winning it all. So it was one of those uh, just like really fun stories to watch. And the basketball was so good. Oh, oh my God. It was so good. You know what? Those women do not take a possession off on defense. Like nope. I am just like in awe of how hard they play. Like they don't start the games with their hands up. They play their hands up the entire time. And it is like, it's so good. And like, I really enjoyed 
Phoenix as well. Um, and I love watching Brittany Griner. And I was so yeah. excited that the Blazers got to watch the game um, between them because I want I've for you know a couple of years wanted Nurkic to watch Brittany Griner. I want him to play like Brittany Griner. And oh, I yeah. like that'd be incredible. Yeah, like I couldn't figure out what it was about her that mm -hmm. I thought would fit him so well. Mm -hmm. But I think what I've come to is like after watching the whole series is she uses her size so effectively and it just makes it just looks effortless on her part when you're that much bigger than most of the people on the court like that's how it it, it should be like that's how i think it should be when i watch use of nurkic because he's just yeah. huge he's so big and he's a lot bigger than the people playing against him and i feel like the way she plays is you know, she gets into her, into herself into like let's say on offense, she gets herself into a shooting position where she can shoot over her opponent. She'll either have a smaller opponent or she'll have you know some kind of positional advantage to be able to like shoot over them. Whereas I feel like Yusuf Nurkic is like tossing it at the basket, like he's not put together the whole formula yet. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I think that is what it is. And Brittany Griner also plays with, like, just a level of confidence that is undeniable. But it's confidence in a way that it's not – it has to be about you confidence. It's like I'm confident in the role and being a role player on things. And then when I need to be the, you know, center of everything, go for it. Give me the ball. Like, I'll do it. And mm -hmm. so I think I really respect that about Brittany Griner's game is it just, it's very, it's very fluid of a game and it like understands what's going on at any given moment in the game. I don't know. I really enjoy watching Brittany Griner play. So yeah. In, in years past, I thought watching her was a, a little bit harder for me because she was real volatile you know, but this year she seemed like just like so mellow and so dialed in and so focused that like you just couldn't break through yeah. her concentration. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was so fun watching her and Stephanie battle down below or her and Candace. And then when I was watching Candace Parker, Candace Parker reminded me a lot of the way Anthony Davis played. Um, just her like absolutely complete, like just massive like toolkit. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, some people you have like a little everything. Yeah, you know, some people have like the little toolkit that you can carry, and then some people have a toolkit that you have to like push on wheels. And, yeah, like, like the one from Home Alone that goes yeah. down the stairs. Yeah. Yes. Candace Parker's like that, but times ten. She's like she's pulling like power tools with her. It's a yeah, she's so cool, and and also, and this is like obviously super frivolous, <laughs> but I couldn't help thinking it over and over again. And since this is our podcast, and we can talk about whatever we want to, their uniforms were so cute. <laughs> yeah, I... and they fit them so well. They like fit women's bodies without making them like you know look sexual. You know, like usually like if you put a woman in a uniform, it's like, here's a bikini to go play volleyball in, you know, it's like, that's the only way that we can get you in a, you know, thing, a uniform that will fit what you're trying to do. And that's like not true at all. And like these women looked so cute in their jerseys because they fit women's bodies. I just, I love the WNBA. So Portland, please bring a team back. It would be 
Oh, it would be a dream. I would love it so much. And I think the community would support it so much. I think we're ready. We have an arena. We don't need to build a baseball stadium. We can bring a WNBA team here. Um, But I'm pretty excited about the rest of today's episode. We are going to get a little bit crazy. So we want to welcome you to the What 2021-22 Preseason Awards, where we determine the most important things to watch out for this season, such as who will be the most valuable assistant coach, who will be the leader in bench celebrations, and who will be the Blazers' most valuable pet. It's the What Preseason Awards, and it's going to be irreverent, fun, informative, slightly ridiculous NBA content that you're not going to find on any other podcast. Now, here's your host of this year's awards. She's the Cassandra of the NBA Twitter, the queen of chaos, and a Blazers fan since way back in the day. It's Team Mom Tara. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Cassidy, with the introduction like that. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to live up to it with the uh, as the uh, host of this very small awards program. <laughs> but uh, you know what? I you know I listen to a ton of podcasts and everybody has their preseason awards. Who's the most valuable player? Who's most improved? Who's sixth man of the year? And so like y'all can get that anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I thought we would just focus on what we're good at and that is um, perusing Instagram and having really wacky wild takes <laughs> yeah and if you want our serious takes on those things tell your other favorite podcasts to invite us <laughs> that is a great idea that is an so, awesome idea if you, i mean we have those serious <laughs> takes we really do but you know what a lot of other people talk about those so why not talk about the fun things in life you the know ridiculous things in life we may slip up and accidentally talk a little bit of basketball in here who knows where it's gonna go but uh we also have a time constraint because we've got the first blazer game of the year kicking off in a little while so we let's get to it so we can make sure that we are there for tip off and uh so i'm gonna start i thought up of a few awards and i thought we would start off by like trying to figure out um, like what the parameters are and then talk about who we think might be the front runner runners for these. Yeah. So um, the first one I've got is the MIF award, um, which is the most improved fits um, could maybe also be most improved drip. I'm not exactly sure how those words, if those words are interchangeable or not, cause I'm old. Um, but anyway, most improved fit, most improved fits, most improved drip, what comes to your mind in terms of how we might go about determining this award in the year that's upcoming? Oh, my goodness. Um, well, I think we got to look at where people are starting in their game day outfits, in their, you know, game off attire, in their uh, general fashion persona of life. Um, but I think we also need to judge I think, oh man, how do you judge this? It's well, so hard to judge fashion because it's subjective on many levels. Um, I don't know. What are you thinking? Well, I, I like where you were going because it's it's like the journey is very important. I mean, yeah. we've watched a lot of Bachelor as well. So there's going to be a lot of journey and we might also be talking about vulnerable. But what <laughs> I think it's very important, like you said, where they started. Like, I think the growth and the improvement is the like really important thing here. Yeah. Um, so it's not going to be just like, who's the best dressed? Like that because is we already have fashionistas for. on the team. Yeah. Like, 
we have people with an established style. We know what their style is like, how incredible it can be. You know, we we got Dame down. You know, we know what Nurk's going to do. We know what CJ is going to do. But there's lots of players that we're not quite sure where they're going to go. Mm-hmm. And I feel like those are the players I want to watch out for for this board this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think and there's some that have a lot of room for growth. Um, there's some who I think maybe are already who they are. Um, but I think one thing that we'll want to do is, uh, like, I think we want to judge both on based on like the entrance. We want to do like their whole fashion life, right? We're not just talking about like the walk up, right? We're talking about like any posts that they may make of them on the weekends, you know, um, trying on you know clothes or whatever they do for instance like if they're gonna pull out an outfit like cj and elise did when they went pump to the pumpkin patch more recently like okay i will be watching you because the pumpkin patch outfit i mean it was quintessential portland dad with a cj twist and it was impeccable and as the two of them always are so i mean so do you have any um, front runners for most improved fits? I think, I mean, speaking of classic Portland dad fits, I think Larry Nance Jr. is going to embrace the Pacific Northwest. I think we've heard it in interviews how excited he is to be here. And I think we might see a little bit more, you know, pizzazz from Larry Nance Jr. this season if he hit some thrift shops in Portland or, you know, hit up laundry. So we could get some incredible fits. So I'm wondering if he's going to push the boundaries with his fashion this season. Yeah, I think that um, laundry is a really great suggestion for him because mm-hmm. he's like a t-shirt guy. Like, we yeah. know that. We know he's low-key. We know that he doesn't, like, really get fancy. But can he take those graphic tees to another level? Yeah. Is he going to do, like, the business thing that he did last year with uh, in Cleveland? Or he, maybe he'll even still do it with people from his hometown. But he used to wear a t-shirt from the businesses um, and then he mm-hmm. would sell his jersey and then p- portions of that or he would donate the profits of the jersey uh, that uh, sales to those businesses. Mm-hmm. So like clearly like clothing, he sees clothing as more than just like something to put on your body. Yeah. Um, but in for me, in terms of dark or in terms of um, front runner, I think this is Anthony's to lose. Um He's got a ton of room for growth. Not that he didn't, you know, look cute or know how to dress. I'm seeing a real, like, Alan Crabb trajectory in terms of makeover this year for Anthony. Like, remember when Alan Crabb was in his contract year and he went through his whole makeover and he got the new hairdo and the frosted tips and he started getting, like, you know, looking real sharp. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Anthony is poised for that right now. Also, yeah. you know, he's he 20. Was so young. Yeah, he's 22 men. now. Like, what were you wearing at 22? Like, I was in like sweatpants and probably Ugg boots and like horrible fashion mistakes from the past. Like, it was real. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like, yeah, I. I think you're actually on to something here because we've seen Anthony over the summer alone really up that fashion game. I think his girlfriend's helping a lot. Well, and he's got um, the new tattoo. 
Um, tattoos multiple. I think there's I'm, a few. Oh, really? More? I just saw the one on his arm, the Lamarcus Aldridge one on his arm. Oh, well, the one that looks like, you know, it's got the prey hands. Isn't that what Lamarcus yeah. has on his? I keep thinking, like, that looks familiar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think he was, that was a favorite one. But I said, I think he said he said he got something like four or five. Oh, wow. My goodness, no, Anthony. They were making fun of him in the can like there was a camera view. I'll try to find it. We can link it here. But awesome. Um, well, it's you know, they've they lost a pretty significant like fashion icon in Gary Trent. And when you really look across the team, except for like Dame and CJ, who always and Nurk, those guys always look impeccable. The rest of them are just like not as into it. You know, Zach Collins was another one. Like last year, he would have easily been the winner last year for me because like he went from looking like he got dressed out of his high school locker to like wearing like really nice well-fitted stylish clothing yeah and to be clear like i live in sweatpants so like if that's your life be free like i am not judging you we're this is purely fun fashion talk Totally. Um, and I can't wait to see where they take him. The other one, the other guy, though, that I keep my eye on is Ben McElmore. Um, so I he shows up in sweats a lot, but really nice matching. Like the, the new kind of sweats that everybody's wearing where they're all showing up in like orange sweats, top and bottom. And I mean, somehow they cool. look good. Yeah. Or like suits. some like a weird green that's like somehow looks really cool. So he's like been wearing I mean, a those full sweatsuit a lot. is always cool in yes. my opinion. <laughs> um I I haven't embraced that yet, but I can see that I need to catch up because that is definitely fashionable right now. And so I'm gonna need to do something about that. But also he he does definitely have an interest in fashion. Um but he's also a dad of young kids, so not always practical. Although Damien the Lord does it. But I just think that um I I think that there's some potential there. I'm gonna keep my eyes on Ben Macklemore. Mm goodness what a fun category okay so we'll be watching fashion all season oh if it was just on christmas sweaters cody would run away with it (laughs) because he always wears really cheesy christmas sweaters i mean keep your eyes out for that (laughs) hey if i'm one of the voting people (laughs) i love a christmas sweater um Okay, so the next category is really for you, Cassidy. Um, This is the Bench Celebrator Man of the Year. It was supposed to be Sixth Man of the Year, but now it's the Bench Celebrator Man of the Year. So I totally defer to you as the person who has always had big opinions on this. What do you watch for when you're looking for a good bench celebration? Okay, so uniqueness, timing. You can't just be celebrating everything. And you're and you can't be celebrating something like in a really cool way, like that's taking attention away from the game if you're quickly transitioning. So pick your pick your celebrations well. Like if they need to be quick because you're back on transition, um, and this is from the bench, but like don't distract the team. <laughs> like they're also listening to the bench for calls and things like that. And so I would say your timing, but I think. You know, if you can get multiple people involved, I think that's when you truly have a great bench celebration is when it is a group effort. I don't think one, and I think it will be like a leader leading the way for some really crazy out there reactions. We're also looking for meme ability. Mm-hmm. Um, we're looking for how quick Amara is going to be like, or the new whoever, because Amara is now the senior um, 
social digital media content, or digital yeah. content manager for the Blazers. And so there's other people at the helm going, you know, adding things. I mean, there always has been a team behind that. And so I'm interested to see how that goes too, because I'm interested to see just how the new team works and how that, and Amara's new role is pretty awesome. So, okay. So here's, I have a question. I'm going to interject it with a question here. Do you think it's more likely that the winner of the bench celebrator man of the year, (laughs) for some reason that title just cracks me up, bench celebrator man of the year. Do you think it's more likely that it'll be somebody who is sitting on the bench a lot because he's injured or somebody who's sitting on the bench a lot because he's the end of the bench? I mean, probably end of the bench, but it could be injured. But I'm I'm just going into the season hoping no one's going to be injured. Right, so you won't even have anybody in that like category. Let's just not even think about that. So I think that it's going to have to be just someone at the end of the bench, or maybe not. You know, sometimes it's really exciting when your big stars have crazy bench celebrations when you're, you know team that might not be playing as much is on the court so who knows maybe we could see dame cj and nurk really step it up i could see roco being a big part of this category because he seems just like enthusiastic about life and this team and so i know he's really into scaring people too which i'm looking forward to all season he's been scaring amara so (laughs) get ready world um what else man it's I'm just thinking a fascinating yeah, thing. It really is. So last last year, the two players who stuck out for me, again, Zach Collins, and he yeah. was he was in the situation where he was injured, and I thought he did a fantastic job, especially given how frustrating the situation must have been for him. Um, yeah. So I thought he did a, a a really good job, and even over the years, Zach Collins was always so memorable. Yeah. I mean, um, the he's just enthusiastic. He's the yoga one with CJ that was like a classic oh, so one good. where he was like, where CJ was trying to get him to like calm down. And I mean, yeah. even on court, the Clay Thompson <laughs> moment. Yes, the Clay Thompson moment is will go down in history. Um, but then on the other, you know, a bench player that I thought really stood out last year, I thought Derek Jones Jr. was an excellent oh. bench celebrator last year, yeah. especially after he fell out until the very end. I think he kind of, yeah. I think at the very end, he kind of lost it um because he realized it was he just wasn't going to be able to get on but but um he was he didn't have like specific moves and he didn't have those things that you talked about which i think are are super important like the meme ability and the timing he just like kind of had like the high energy the whole time so it'll be interesting to see like who walks away with it you know yeah i'm excited i love a good bench celebration so I hope the cameras show it on Root Sports. <laughs> um, oh, yes. Or however I, you are watching these Blazer games. Um, yeah, that's another thing. We, uh, I'm, And I'm kind of curious, you know, it's like the guys on the team this year, I, We obviously we don't know them as well, but mm-hmm. they just, they seem like kind of more mellow than mm-hmm. players in the past. So I'm really curious to see what it looks like during an actual game because I, yeah didn't see a lot during preseason but you know everybody was in preseason form even the bench i don't know i think my gut is saying it might be roco okay okay so i think roco might be my front runner going into the season if i have to name one 
And I don't really know why, but I think just, and I don't think it's going to because Roko's like on the bench a lot. I think we're going to have memorable Roko moments for when, when Roko is on the bench because he's always engaged. Yeah. And I think that's something that's really key when you are looking for bench celebrations is someone who's engaged even when they're not in the game. Someone who's watching every play, someone who's yelling out things, someone who's cheering. So I think Rocco is my front runner going into this season because, you know, what's not to celebrate with that smile? <laughs> His might be a matter of quality, quality over quantity. Yeah, I think um, so. And then, you know, if you want to take quantity and i don't mean this to sound mean because it's totally <laughs> gonna sound mean um but you know what it's really easy to pick out cj ellaby on the bench he just stands out oh. he's really easy to see his hair is just so like catches your attention um and my guess is he's probably not gonna get a lot of run um but he is not a rookie anymore you know, he's, yeah. he's only the second youngest, <laughs> so maybe he'll uh, come out of his shell a little bit uh, in in that way and, like, start to lead the bench and be the leader on the bench celebrations. Ooh, I like that. Okay. Because he has a lot of enthusiasm. Like, when he played, yeah. you could never say he wasn't playing with enthusiasm. Yeah. I mean, and he's a young player. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm excited. That's I like that pick. I think bench celebration and i think the more engaged you are on the bench if you're on the bench a lot the better you're going to end up playing because you're paying so much attention to what's going on on the court so it really shows the growth that's going to happen because if you're already studying the game then when you watch tape you're just studying it for the second time or the third time or the fourth time or you're on the bench and you're watching the ipad replay of something that you want to be better at and so I think being engaged on the bench is key to getting more time on the court. I like that theory. And you know who's going to help with that? This is a very pathetic um, <laughs> segue. <laughs> but I, I had to try it anyway. I was like, I, I know it's there somewhere. I'm just I'm not exactly sure how. But speaking of subbing in <laughs> and people who make such decisions... Portland has a whole slew of new assistant coaches this season. I mean, season. all new assistant coaches. Right. All new assistant. We don't know anything about them. And it was, it's weird because, like, I didn't realize how much I knew about the old assistant coaches until they were gone. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, these guys were around for a really long time. Um, so our next award is going to be for assistant coach of the year. But that is a wide open. Like, I have no idea how we're even going to judge that. So do you have any initial thoughts on that? Like, what's the matrix for deciding who's the assistant coach of the year for the okay. Portland Trailblazers? I'm going to say, I'm going to say halftime inter interviews. Oh. Because I think for the most part, we see those from assistant coaches. I'm going to say Instagram content. Do they even do, do assistant coaches even have time to have Instagram? Don't they? Well, just, one like, of work? them does, and their content is amazing. <laughs> oh, so who's far. that? Anisha Curry. Oh, okay, okay. So watch out for that because it's great, and then there's WNBA content, and I love it, and it's wonderful. And she was courtside with the rest of the team during that game, and it was that was really fun to watch the whole team at that game. That um, was fun. I remember noticing her. I want more back-to-backs that way in the same arena. 
I think mm-hmm. you could package tickets. You could do combo deal tickets. You could, there are so many possibilities. And I just wish they marketed the WNBA even more because it deserves it because it's such high quality basketball. But mm-hmm. oh, okay, we are not going to go on this tangent right now. But okay, but wait, I want to pause oh, for a minute and recognize us for a second because you know the WNBA Twitter ad. The, oh, yeah. the the you know the that showed like these important WNBA Twitter people. Three of them have been on our podcast. So Ari Chambers, um, Meredith um, Minkow, and Jasmine Brown. Mm-hmm. They've all been our podcast. So, like, yeah. we are, like, we recognized how amazing these women were a long time ago. And so I was super excited. I was like, wait a minute. Wait I was a minute, so wait a minute. excited. That's so cool. And then to see all the footage of them filming that, that looks like the best day ever for some of the most incredible people ever. Yeah. So yeah. Um, shout out to that whole commercial and Ari Chambers for, uh, I think, pulling that whole thing Part of being part of pulling it all together is so important. So shout out to Ari. That was um, cool. Okay, back to assistant coaches. So oh, you said um, the uh, you said the what's it called? Um, the interviews. The what was the second thing you said? Oh, the Instagram I said Instagram ability, but I don't think that's a thing. But I think the way players talk about okay the assistant coaches because i think you hear players specifically call out certain assistant coaches like the way that they help them or things like that and then i think there's also just like a crowd favorite like everybody loved yim mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like and so man i'm gonna miss a lot of this this staff that is gone now and so but we get to learn a lot about a lot of new people oh speaking of which i have a fun fact about each one of these Oh my goodness. Well, maybe I'll just judge it off the fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> it's relative. They're not that exciting. Okay. Well, so Scott Brooks, he of course was 2012 coach of the year. So, I mean, that's cool. They have a coach of the year on the um on the bench. Yeah, that gives you a little front runner status, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Did you know that he was PJ Carly's he was one of PJ Carlissimo's assistant coaches in Seattle? I did not know that. Oh, wow. Okay. So I'm I'm actually kind of curious about him. Um, okay, so another guy that named Matt, I don't know how to say his last name. It's B-R-A-S-E. So Brace or Brassy. Anyway, his We sister, are gonna learn how to pronounce all of these uh, names. And if you know how to pronounce them and we're pronouncing them wrong, tell, tell us. us. Yes, because Please, we, we be want corrected. to learn and we are gonna do more research into looking up how to say all of their names, and it's gonna be a little bit easier once. The season is starting so that we can hear hear their names. (laughs) It's very helpful to us. Yes. Yes. Because I don't like, I don't like getting it wrong. And what I don't like even more is like continuously getting it wrong because nobody stopped me and corrected me. (laughs) So anyway, uh, this Mr. B-R-A-S-E, his sister is an assistant coach for the Phoenix Mercury. Ooh. I thought that was cool. And he's the grandson of Lute Olson. Um, oh yes okay so he's a- very young he's ASU coming, coach coming out of asu yeah and so well i'm i'm i was a little confused by that hire but also i think he's a really young coach that has a really good reputation with players so yeah 
And I think that's exciting. And he comes from basketball royalty. So yeah, he's been around it forever. He's also the head coach of Hades national team. So shout out to my favorite Scala VCA. Um, so that was three fun facts about him. Although the one thing I didn't include was how to say his name. <laughs> Another coach is uh, Roy Rogers. So obviously he's the guy that people have talked about as the, you know, the defensive coach. If anybody mm-hmm. knows any assistance specialty, yeah. his appears to be defense. Fun fact about him. He uh, is tied in a five-way tie for the second most blocks in a game in the NCAA. He had 14 blocks in an NCAA game. Okay. So if I can see 14 blocks by any blazer this season, he wins this category. (laughs) So, yeah. So that was exciting. Um, Steve Hetzel, uh, hard to, hard to dig up, um, really very exciting facts about him, but, um, he was the head coach of the Canton charge from the D league. He was also an assistant coach at Charlotte, uh, during from 2014 to 18. So he knows Cody. So maybe those two, I don't have any idea like what his specialty is or anything, but you know, those two can maybe hang out together if they're trying to explore the city together. And then of course, uh, Edanisha Curry, um, notable for the Blazers. Cause she's the first woman on the bench to be a coach. Um, and she graduated from U of O like she went to a couple different yeah. colleges, but she did graduate from U of O. Uh, and she played for Phoenix and LA in the WNBA. She seems cool too. Like she's super cool. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm excited. She's my front runner right now, just because of the coolness factor. The Instagram account because I learned so much, uh-huh. um, and I also have heard we've heard players already say good things, and so it's it's going to be fun. But I think that a whole lot of assistant coaches to to get to know and watch out for and see what happens this season with them. I the other thing I'm going to watch is their in game reactions um, because I'm just going to see because. Like, I would love to see if any of them get, like, super into it. Because mostly mm-hmm. they all just, like, sit there. And they all sit there and they're matching outfits. And I know that everybody is really happy that coaches, like, can relax now and wear this casual wear. But it is making me just want to tear <laughs> my hair out. Because it's, like, I don't like it because they all match. Like, let these guys have a little style and pizzazz. Like, and then they choose polos. Like, God, polos are, like, the ugliest shirt that you could possibly choose. And sometimes they're, like, not even cotton polos. They're, like, dry fit. And it's just, like, ugh, what are you doing? So I personally wish that they would go back to the um, to the suits. But I understand that, you know, the coaches don't like that. So I'll The bright side, when they do dress up, it will be very special. Are they going to let them? Are they going to They are allowed to wear suits and such, but it has to be the whole coaching staff. Okay. So there has to be like a certain level. Yeah. um, And I don't know all the rules there. Mm -hmm. We'll have to look into the rules for coach fashion. Yeah. Um, But who knows if they start hitting us with walk-up outfits and then changing. Hello. (laughs) I mean, you are a coach in the front running for the, our awards, our reverend awards. I think it's probably that coaches just don't have enough time to worry about their clothes. Yeah. They're, they're very busy. I think that they, yeah, I think that they put in way more hours than anybody else. Yeah. 
Okay, this brings us to our last and by far the most important category, I think. And that is MVP, Most Valuable Pet for the Portland Trailblazers. So how do you even judge? I don't even know. I I don't know. Um, There are so many notable pets on this team. Um, We've got... Oh my gosh, I'm going to forget some of these names. Cody Zeller's dog's name is, is it Ben? No, um, Max. Yes, he has a whole like pinned like story section about Max, I believe. Okay, so Max, who is an adorable Bernadoodle. Um, just the cutest thing I ever did see. Um, but Max confirmed. Yeah, Max confirmed. So black and white Bernadoodle, really adorable dresses and christmas sweaters for christmas the two of them love taking pictures together um with cheesy captions oh which God, you know always so gets cute. my heart they're yeah it's ador- so adorable um but then you also have fiona our little puppy that's growing up in the cj mccullum household yeah thing. fiona like oh, they don't really. They don't share as many pictures of Fiona. So I think it makes me think that like the owner's going to have to be like pretty involved in the most valuable pet um, mm-hmm. award. The, the owner's going to have to give a lot of assists by like sharing content because like, yeah. how are we going to know how cute Fiona is if we're not seeing her as much as Max? Yeah. We need to know. Um, and I'm hoping for Fiona and baby content. And I think that that is going to really push things a little higher. Oh my god, it is going to be hard to top those um, Lillard twins. They are so adorable. <laughs> that whole family is so, so adorable. They're yeah, I know they have no business being that adorable. Like <laughs> they're so cute. I can't, I can't handle it. Like I anytime was... anyone posts anything about them, I just like have tears in my eyes. They're so cute. Um, I was going to have a, um, oh, sorry, go ahead. They look so much like, <laughs> yeah, like their mom. <laughs> they look so much like their mom, all three of them. And it's so cute. <laughs> I was going to have an award for most valuable junior because, mm-hmm. um, like last year we had more juniors, um, you know, cause we had Derek Jones jr. Um, but now of course we have Larry Nance jr. And, um, Dennis uh Smith Jr. now and like Dame Jr. and I was thinking we could extend it to like juniors that aren't with the team anymore because then we could include Gary Trent Jr. But that one that that award didn't make that the was, cut. Okay, so pets. Yes. Um, so we've got Robert Covington and his uh love of snakes and reptiles. Um that will not be your front runner for me. I'm terrified <laughs> of snakes. Um, but they're Robert Covington's pets. I know. And, and I, I worked s- at the zoo and I used to have to work with snakes a lot. And I had to like get over it to work with. I still I'm I tried really hard to get over it. People like these don't come for me. It's just so Roco to love reptiles. Yeah. And, and my snakes. best friends have a snake that they love very much that I'm terrified of. Um, yeah, it's it's just I want Roko to get an award because he works so hard and like he's the glue <laughs> that holds yeah. everybody together. Like in the preseason, like we are very pointedly not talking about any of the preseason games, yep. <laughs> but 
man, Robert Covington was covering a lot of ground. Um, and I wasn't sure if he was supposed to be covering all that ground. So I just hope that I just want him to get an award for something. I would love for him to like, you know, get recognition at the league level. But if nothing else, let's give those snakes a chance because if they love Robert as much as we love Robert, you know, I just, I just think that they deserve a chance. They also don't get very much, you know, time on. We don't yeah, get very much, that's like, true. Viewing of the snakes, so we don't get a lot of insight into. Yeah, I think Robert their Covington personalities and terrifyingness. Well, and I think Robert Covington does a lot of living in the moment, yeah. um, and so he doesn't spend a lot of time sharing things on social media. That seems yeah. like that would be a stance that that he would take. Mm-hmm. So I was investigating, like Robert, or sorry, uh, Ben McLemore seems to have a dog named Rolex, and I haven't really seen pictures of him recently, but there was an incident earlier in his career when he was in Sacramento where his dog got lost and the Sacramento fan base found his dog for him and returned him. And it was an awfully cute story. Oh, <laughs> and he's so cute. What kind of a dog is he? I click on that link. He has a little, um, oh gosh, I don't remember the name of any dog anymore. No. I'm just, they're adorable. Um, I'm just waiting for it to load. What does he look like? Show me. I guess I could read the article. Um, okay, hold on. Here we go. He's a French bulldog. Oh, he's so cute. He's so cute. He's a little black French bulldog. That is like one of my favorite dogs. They have the cutest little face. Oh my gosh. And look at how cute Ben McElmore is. What he has such a great smile. Um mm, so cute. So yeah. don't know much about Rolex. Don't know more about Rolex's story. Um, but adorable. Yeah. Um, I'm very excited for uh your you learned about a blazer who we've had for a while, who has pets who had a have an Instagram account. I and have no idea. They're very adorable. And there are really fun stories about them. And I was fascinated to find out you did not know about Nurkic's cats. I can't believe I didn't know because this is amazing content. And these cats are the front runners for me. Yeah. I, I knew they would be. We've got Rumi, Teramisu, and Mumi. Okay, first of all, the best names. Like, stop. Like, that's all you have to do. It's like their names are amazing. Tiramisu, the kitten, the kitty. Oh my god. Yeah, they're all. Uh, are they all? They're all Scottish folds, right? They're I so cute. They're all Scottish fold cats. They're very distinctive. They have these like huge manes, like mm-hmm. or beards. I guess they are. There's like a gray one with stripes. There's a black and white one, and, and then there's a short haired. Uh, all gray they're so cute they are um they have so much they have an instagram account which is you know we've get we get content uh, and we get active content from these adorable cats um they have an instagram account and not only that but like yusuf nurkic has liked every single one of them (laughs) which is adorable (laughs) yeah it's not even a very hot like i don't think there's like a ton like i don't 275 followers yeah. we got to get that to 300 like, oh yeah by the end I mean, of the week come on there people. needs to Let's be like a this. million followers in the account because <laughs> those cats are so cute and rumor has it i have heard 
multiple stories of Nurkic wearing a cat backpack, one of the ones with a clear <gasps> dome in the back, riding a scooter with one of the cats in the cat backpack to get coffee downtown in Portland from one of my barista friends down there. Oh my God. That is the best thing I could possibly so, think of. And it was not a one-time occurrence, according to sources. So. Oh, my God. You know what? This is, like, I've been struggling to um, not be frustrated with Yusuf Nurkic over this preseason, which we're not going to talk about. But finding out about him and his love for his cats and his devotion for his cats just, like, completely changes my whole, like, view <laughs> on, like, you know what? A, you know, any a guy that is like that into it, I'm just like I, I have to give him more um more of a chance to prove himself. Mm -hmm. And who's ever taking these photos, they're very cute. But you can tell they're taken like someone who the cats are very comfortable with. Or they're just ridiculously photogenic cats. Yeah. But like it's yeah, so hard to take a photo of my dog. So they are really good. They are really good. So yeah, we will have to add a link to that. Um so for uh parameters for most valuable pet obviously we need the content with the content's gotta yeah. come um and uh like my front runner right now is pretty obviously Nurkic's cats <laughs> oh we didn't even talk about apollo and odin did we <gasps> my two of my absolute favorites in portland they have an instagram account too and i cannot believe we didn't talk about this because they're actually my front runners after okay. i did research because i love them norman powell's dogs are adorable they're so cute they love a good dog park from what i can tell because he's always looking for suggestions for dog parks hence why we did a whole entire segment of the podcast once about dog parks in Portland for Norman Powell. So Norman <laughs> Powell, if you ever want to listen to a really fun podcast about dog parks for Apollo and Odin, we gotcha. I don't remember which episode it was, Sarah. So have fun figuring that out. We got it um, covered. But I think they're just so cute. We get content. I don't know. They're they're pretty adorable. They're just and they've officially moved to Portland. Um, okay they've moved now um are yeah. we going to make any connection or demand any connection between like the owner and the pet or are we judging the pets completely on their own aside from like the content so like you know if if norman powell is playing really well and, you know, Apollo and Odin are clearly, like, inspiring him to, like, you know, be his best. Or if, you know, Nurkic may, like, have an off night, but then he posts really cute pictures of his cats and comes back, like, clearly cheered up because he, you know, got to spend time with his, like, furry little tiramisu. Um, like, are we going to, I figure, like, that might be part of our rubric here. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I think the pets boost to player performance is definitely very important. Not quite sure how we're going to judge that on a rubric <laughs> standard, but like, why not? <laughs> why not? And you know what? I think with that, because we got the game starting really soon, I think we should just wrap it up there. Um, 
and people let us know who they think the front runners are for most improved fits bench celebrator man of the year assistant coach of the year and most importantly mvp most valuable pet this is really fun cassidy <laughs> thank you for indulging and we me. want to remind people that we are going to come back later in the season with these awards and give them out as the official winner to see who wins these awards and who knows we could have trades and have yeah. new players and new people enter I hadn't even the whole about arena that. of things. And who knows, maybe in the mid mid season, we might do another word show for like end of season, figuring out, you know, yeah. who's going to be the most valuable. Because uh, what if Anthony like mascot? totally takes off in terms of most valuable fit and like all that swag that he gets from it makes him like super valuable and other teams are clamoring for him and the Blazers end up trading for him. You know, yeah, and we'd have to like reevaluate. You know, we'd have to like f choose another person by the end of the year. Okay, this has been great. I really appreciate you indulging me. <laughs> like we said, content you can't get anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, who else is going to tell you about these pets? These NBA royalty family of furry creatures and scaled creatures, Robert Covington. Um, but thank you so much for listening. You can find me at Cassidy Gamut on Twitter. People, uh, blah, 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 blah. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me on Twitter at Cassidy Gamut. Tara, where can people find you? People can find me at TCB Biggs on Twitter. You can also find the podcast at We Have a Take. And please tell us who are your front winners for all of these very important awards. We want to uh, get Rip City talking about them because um, who knows what else is going to happen this year. It could get real weird. <laughs> It really could. And if you're enjoying our mild, medium, or hot takes, please like and subscribe on, on whatever platform you use to get your podcasts. And if you're enjoying, please re leave us a review and tell us how, oh my gosh, why can't I read? Okay. Well, if you're enjoying our mild, medium, or hot takes, please like and subscribe on whatever platform you use to get your podcasts. And if you enjoy, please leave us a review. And tell us your own hot takes on Twitter at We Have a Take. And until next time, we want to know, do you think current players should have been allowed on the top 75 list oh. for the season or not? Tell us at We Have a Take on Twitter. And go Blazers. Happy season. A topic for next time. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think so.